Hi there. It's me, Laura Wasser, the divorce attorney and the founder of It's Over Easy, the online divorce service. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces, shepherding people through what may be one of the most terrifying times in their lives. Along the way, I often have to remind people to lower their expectations. When dealing with matters of the heart, rules simply don't apply because all's fair in love and war. So welcome to the All's Fair Podcast. Fasten your seatbelts and let's go. Hi there, it's me, Laura Wasser, and this is All's Fair. My name is Johnny Rains. Thanks for listening today. The All's Fair Podcast is dedicated to all things relationship, from friendships to hookups to marriages, divorces, and everything in between. But when it comes to marriage, though I do love a good wedding, I remain unconvinced that the idea of till death do us part is as viable as it once may have been. Well, that article we just posted on the It's Over Easy Mighty Network from Fatherly, written by Jeremy Brown, sort of spells it out. Is your marriage just a pact to die together? What do you think about that article? I think, I mean, I do. Look, now that I fall into the category of gray divorce or silver divorce, I mean, it is something you start thinking about a little bit more as you get into what, your- dying with your the person you're with? Ha- having somebody to grow old with. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's no longer like, oh God, I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. It's more like, oh my God, is this person going to take me into my <laughs> hospice, you know? Right. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely something to think about. You know, when we were living until 35 or 40, right. it was a lot easier to stay together until death do us part. Now that we're living so much longer- you have to really examine if you're happy in the relationship, right. if it makes sense to you, et well, cetera. And that's what they talk about in the article is kind of ways to keep it fresh and how important intimacy is and how easy it is to fall into the sort of just the comfort position right. without intimacy. Right. I'd take comfort these days. I'm just saying. <laughs> However, when yes. a relationship is toxic, if it moves past comfortable into toxic, it can really bring you down, affecting all aspects of your life whether you realize it or not. Peter Economy writes about this in- All right, in- I love this guy's name. Right. <laughs> be He's an economy Laura of a person. <laughs> so Peter Economy writes about this in Inc. Magazine. He points out that when a relationship is toxic, it stunts your growth and blocks you from growing into your full potential. But getting out of a toxic relationship is often easier said than done. And so he shares in- The article, 17 super inspiring quotes to help you end a toxic relationship. Hmm. Ready? This is a Steve Jobs one. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living somebody else's life. (laughs) This one is by Wayne Dyer. It's number 16 on the list. Relationships based on obligation lack dignity. Oh, I like that one. Mm -hmm. How about staying in an unhealthy relationship that robs you of peace of mind is not being loyal? It is choosing to hurt yourself mentally, emotionally, and sometimes physically. Kemi Songunle. These are all like things that you could put on an Instagram post. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's inspirational <laughs> or completely uninspirational quotes. And anyway, thank you. Thank you, Inc. Magazine. Thank you, Peter Economy. Um, and then once you're out of a relationship, now what? Well, that is what we're going to talk about today. It's up to the individual. But the next chapter is full of possibilities. You guys just need to be prepared, which is what our new video series is all about. It's called Next Chapter, Life After Divorce. It is now available online at nextchapterseries.com. Today's show is all about next chapters. So without further ado, I am honored to introduce you all to our first guest. She is a behavioral relationship expert, 
personal success mentor, and the host of her own podcast, Deal With It. Welcome to All's Fair, Tracy Crossley. Thank you for having me on today. Yay, welcome. So tell us what your advice is to people who settle in a relationship, Tracy. What do you tell these guys that call up on the podcast or that you work with? Well, I'm probably going to go against mainstream advice, and that is, first of all, people have to figure out what it is that makes them settle in the first place. A lot of times we have pressure from outside sources, society, our friends, so on and so forth, and they're telling us to get out of something we're settling for, right? And we have that little voice in our head, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm putting up with this, all of that. But that doesn't really solve the issue of why you would choose to be in a relationship and settle in the first place. So I'm all about you've got to look at what you're afraid of in leaving the relationship. What are you afraid is going to happen? Are you afraid you're going to be alone? Are you afraid that it's a bad decision, that this is the best you're ever going to have? What is it? Okay. So now you've done that. You realize, okay, I think I'm really, I'm afraid of being alone. This is, you know, there's so many good things about him or her. Do you then say to people, no, you're not going to be alone or, hey, being alone might be okay. Not the worst thing in the world. I mean, are you, do you generally find yourself, and I, of course it's case by case, but do you generally find yourself saying, deal with it, we, you got to move on, you're just going to stagnate here forever, or do you say, here's how we can work on this and make it better? I say, here's how we can work on this and make it better. Because a lot of times when you're settling, there's a part of you that just wants to get out, right? You have that, um, I would call it energy of, I need to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. And it really is about dealing with the other part of yourself that's settling and going, okay, what is it I'm not doing? Because I'm probably not taking care of myself. I'm probably not speaking up. I'm not being authentic. I'm not being honest. And so we start to delve into those areas. And this is all learned from childhood. This is all coming from insecure attachment for most people that settle because there's a fear, again, that's bigger than the desire to leave. So you got to make it where the desire to leave is bigger than the fear. And it's just a small tipping point. It's not a huge tipping point. Do you find most people are settling from the beginning or does the settling happen as you settle into the relationship? A lot of times people have a fantasy going into a relationship, right? right? On the first date, they already start thinking, oh, he would look great walking down the aisle with me. Or, wow, I want to introduce her to my parents. And they don't even know this person, but they're developing a dream just from what they're getting on that first date. And it just keeps continuing until it crashes and burns at some point with, wow, okay, I am settling here. Right. So are these some of the things you talk about in your 30-day emotional cleanse? Yes, I do. I really do get to the bottom of what it is that drives people to have either a relationship they're settling for or something that's toxic. And so give us some of the tips or the steps to get rid of those roadblocks. First of all, you have to look at where you have resistance. Resistance is a physical feeling in the body of heaviness. It makes you have a sense of inertia, like walking through cement, right? And so we'll avoid things in our lives that feel that way to us. Oh, God, that's too hard. I'd rather do this. You got to do the hard stuff. Right. So that's number one. Which a cleanse is, by the way. I don't think I ever got to 30 days. <laughs> it was that hard. Not emotional. I never tried that. I'm sure that'd be even harder. But but yeah, just even the, <laughs> the dietary cleanse yeah, that part. didn't work out for me at all. I started just drinking alcohol and it was really no, not pretty. Isn't no. lemon juice, honey, and cayenne? And vodka. And, yeah, yeah, it didn't work out. Okay, sorry. Go Moving ahead, Tracy. Yeah, yes. we I don't know the vodka part. I'm thinking, <laughs> hmm. I added that. It didn't work out that well for me. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Okay. 
So that's one thing. The other thing is about looking at what you focus on. Most of us focus outside of us. We're always focused on other people. But the truth is you want to have an internal locus of control. You want to be able to come from the inside to the outside. So you have to start looking at how you personalize people, how you assume things about people. And this can be in your relationship, but also around you. Because the more you chip away at how you focus on everybody else and not on yourself, you start to realize, oh my gosh, I got to get myself in hand. And that's why I'm always take your time with leaving a relationship because that's the most important thing. Absolutely. And do you find this happens a lot, particularly with mothers? Because you're focusing on the family, the kids, you know, your significant other. Does that, I mean, that, I hear that a lot in my practice of, you know, I can't focus on myself. I have all these things. I don't have a second to focus on me. I hear that a lot with mothers. I also hear that a lot with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is with men, they start to feel, and this isn't all men. This is men who usually run because they start to feel responsible for the other person right uh, away. Right. Got it. So talking about that, let's talk a little bit about dating after a divorce or breakup from a significant relationship. What are the signs that you tell people mean that they may be ready to get back out there and date? Okay, so I think dating is the greatest laboratory for self-growth. Agree. Yeah. You represent yourself. It's more for you than anybody else. Exactly. I guess it really helps with this whole self-exploration thing, too. Yes, because in you your day— You could be with a crash test dummy sitting across from you eating a piece <laughs> of swordfish and a glass of Chardonnay. It's all about you. It is all about you, but most people make it about the other person. Mm. If I say, oh, how was the date? They'll go, well, he did this or he did that or she did this or she did that. That has nothing to do with your experience. Right. What did you do? How did you feel? Would you date you? Right. Got it. And so how soon is too soon to date? I don't really have a limit on it. Some people can date right away because let's say you've been settling for the last 20 years in your relationship and you have nothing left. You're going to be able to move on pretty easily. But let's say somebody is leaving you, then you're going to have to take some time and take care of yourself. So I never say that there's a day you know, okay, three days, uh, a month. I always feel that it's whatever works for that individual. Got it. So now we've gotten them back out there. They're dating. They've got their online profile. They're ready to go. Let's talk about some of the pitfalls of dating in 2020 that you have to probably deal with. Uh, The website Plenty of Fish says 80% of millennial daters reported being ghosted or permanently ignored by the person they were dating. What do you, first of all, explain to our listeners how that happens and what you tell people when they say, I don't know, I thought I was going fine. And the next thing I knew, I didn't hear from him again. Well, what, is, what does ghosting mean, though? Is that it's the same permanently thing as, ignored by the person they were dating. Ghosted I'm or permanently ignored. Right I don't know the difference. <laughs> it's the, the same two. thing. I mean, oh, okay. permanently Thank ignored, <laughs> gone, not coming back. <laughs> gotcha. Tracy, for the rest of the interview, just. Ghost, Ghost Johnny. Okay. <laughs> so we would never do that, Johnny. We love you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when they call you and say, I don't know what the, how this happened, what do you say? Again, that this is not about you. This is about them. Make it about you. And I really do say that because a lot of times we are choosing from a list of characteristics that we've had for a long time, right? Oh, they have to be this tall. They have to have this job. They have to look this way. Whatever it happens to be, oh, I've got to have intense sexual chemistry with them. Otherwise, forget it. Well, those are a lot of reasons why this happens in the first place, because our checklist doesn't mean anything. It's I don't want to say it's stupid, but it is stupid most of the time. 
And what do you tell somebody, what would you tell me if I was like, listen, I've been seeing this guy, I'm not into him, and it would just be so much easier since I don't have to see him all the time if I, you know, permanently ignored him online or ghosted him. Do you, ha- do you kind of school your people in like dating etiquette? I do. And I make it all about you again, because it's a growth opportunity to actually have to stand up and say, I'm not really interested in dating you instead of just ghosting somebody. Right. What's breadcrumbing? So breadcrumbing is a form of torture. It's basically oh, where... Jeez. <laughs> is this Laura, back to the cleanse stop again? Stop <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's a different kind of torture than the cleanse. The cleanse, okay. uh, yeah. An emotional cleanse, by the way, is probably up there with the whole cayenne pepper. And, <laughs> yeah, it's right. hard to do. Anyways, um, when it comes to breadcrumbing, it's where you think you're being ghosted and, and you think things are great, too, in the beginning. Okay. Right. You think you're being ghosted, but then this person shows back up. And this can go on for years where it's this yo-yo relationship where they come and they give you just enough and you're in that fantasy of what you thought it was going to be on the first date. And you're sort of stuck in that mindset. Right. And every time he or she shows up, it pulls you right back in. Yep. Is this something that the breadcrumber is doing purposely or is it just they're just kind of super selfish? They're out there and they're like, oh, that was a hot piece of ass. Maybe I'll text her again or something. I mean, or is it really a maniacal Machiavellian sicko thing to do? It's a control thing. And it's a control thing that is developed from fear. I mean, I have clients like this where I have a client who goes out with a different woman every night and he came to me because he wants a healthy relationship. And so the reason he does this is he's had bad relationships in the past. He's afraid of somebody, you know, being enmeshed with them. Right. So that's why a lot of these people will drop breadcrumbs and they'll just keep it at a distance. But if it gets too close, then fear comes up and then they don't know what to do with themselves. But can you be a person that says, I'm really not looking for anything serious. I'm in a period of self-exploration. I want to go out with a different person every night because this is what is helping me heal and also helping me evolve. And as long as I'm honest with people about that, is that okay? It is, I think, in the short term. But when it becomes a long-term pattern, then you're just avoiding. Then there's fear about getting close. And everybody has fear about getting close. Do we have to get close? If you want to have a healthy relationship, you do. Okay. If you want unhealthy and you like all the drama, which a lot of people do like all the drama. What if you just want to be alone, but you like to have dinner with people and get to know people, but you're not looking for something more serious. Again, better short term. Well, it's better short term because that's a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a bubble that we can stay in. And from what I know, I was single for many years in between my first divorce and getting remarried. Mm -hmm. And I used it as an excuse. I used my kids as an excuse. I used everything as an excuse. So it was really comfortable to do that because I didn't have to push myself out of the nest. Right. And every time I pushed myself out of the nest, I had an excuse. Oh, there's only idiots out there, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Got it. So, Tracy, tell us a little bit more about how you counsel people to prevent this from becoming a cycle that's unhealthy. Like you said, even you did it. So it's easy to fall into this pattern of, I just want to keep a safe distance. But in terms of really being able to move into a healthier relationship when you're ready, How do you talk to people about taking the steps to do that? So first of all, I have people slow down because a lot of times we're not in the present moment. We are out in the future already deciding things. Oh, this isn't going to work or this is going to work based on what I'm thinking is going to happen rather than what is happening right now. The other thing is a lot of people don't enjoy dating. They tend to not find it fun. 
And I actually found it fun when I really got a clue that I was the one who was emotionally unavailable. So you got to check yourself and you got to ask, what am I doing when I go on a date? How open am I? Am I just so focused on the other person and reacting to them that this is this is what it becomes is just a reaction? Because that's usually what it is. Instead of going, wait a minute, am I actually being real? And I used to check in with myself on dates and go, what are you saying right now? Are you actually saying something? Or are you trying to get a second date? Right. Question, and I don't know if this is something that, and again, obviously case by case, how soon is too soon to sleep with somebody? Okay, so a lot of people ask me that question. In fact, I just answered it yesterday, I think. But anyways. <laughs> I'm sure the answer changes every day. Well, the thing is, there is no right time. It right. is the time of you emotionally being ready for that. And I believe that the relationship, especially if you're somebody who sleeps with people to try and hook them, or you sleep with people and you leave them, it's somebody where you feel you are building a relationship and that the relationship is in a stable position. It's progressing. There's consistency. It's growing. That's what you want. So when it's in that position, I think it's great to sleep with somebody. If you're doing it for any other reason, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. What if your reason is you just want to hook up? Well, then that's a whole different story. Then okay. you're not really looking for a healthy relationship. Ah, Okay. All right. Speaking of healthy relationships and when you are ready to get back out there, it should come as no surprise that out there these days actually means on your smartphone or your laptop. So if you haven't cracked the code yet on building the best online dating profile, stay tuned. This is All's Fair with Laura Wasser. I know divorce sucks, but it doesn't have to be that way, which is why we've expanded our content to embrace all types of relationships. As the saying goes, all's fair in love and war, and we plan to cover it all right here every week with you. Today's show is about turning the page on a relationship you've outgrown to reveal a fresh, new, next chapter and dating again. We've been speaking with behavioral relationship expert Tracy Crossley about getting ready to date, and joining our conversation by phone now live from Chicago is someone well-known across the media world for her expertise guiding people toward finding love the second time around. You can find her latest article on the It's Over Easy Insights blog. She's the dating expert on The Steve Harvey Show and The Kelly Clarkson Show, and she's founder of the Smart Dating Academy. Welcome to All's Fair, Bella Gandhi. Hey, Bella. I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Did you hear that Midwestern accent, guys? <laughs> <laughs> We're good corn-fed people here in the Midwest. Yes, you are. So, so tell us, Bella, about the Smart Dating Academy. So I realized, Laura, when I was back in college that I had really good matchmaking instincts. I set up my college roommate with the guy that I met at a fraternity party, and all of a sudden I met him, and I was like, the room got really quiet. It's like a scene from a movie, and when I came, when I sort of came to, I looked at him, and I said to him, I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to marry my roommate. And he looked at me, he's like, what did you just say? And then I realized how insane that sounded. I was like, you would be, what I meant to say is you would be perfect for my roommate. And five years later, they got engaged. They got married. They're happily living in the suburbs with three kids, and I did it again and again and just kept setting people up. My friends called me their dating Yoda, and so when I sold my last business, which was in manufacturing, I thought, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? I want to help people find love. So I started the business in 2009, and what we do now is we help to fix people's pickers. 
number one. Typically, if you're going around the relationship merry-go-round once, twice, three types, blown-up relationships, maybe several divorces, the common denominator in that is usually us. And so we really help people to figure out their dating patterns, start to choose the right people for women. We call them high GHQ guys. That's our trademark, high and good husband qualities. And then so we coach them. We do their online photography. We write their profiles. And then they have us as like their personal trainers for their love lives for usually six to 12 months. Wow. Okay, so wait, let me just go back. So you're what, 18, 19? You're at a frat party with a solo cup of bad keg beer in your hand, and this came to you, (laughs) and then it happened again and again. So this is really your passion. So then you went into, like, the manufacturing, whatever, and in 2009, you shut that down and thought, what is it that I really love doing? What am I really good at? So you kind of started this next career, which has been going for 10 years now, Yes. Yeah, we actually sold our business in 2006, the manufacturing business Ah, to a Dutch multinational. So I was lucky enough where I didn't, you know, have to figure out where the next meal was going to come from. And I could really say, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? So my husband, who's amazing, the best cheerleader partner ever. For 20 years, guys, with two kids, by the way. I mean, she knows what she's (laughs) talking about here. Okay, so... And he was, (laughs) does he work with you with Smart Day Academy or does he do something totally separate? No, he's in venture capital and strategy. So he has his own big job. So between the two of us, we somehow partner to keep all the plates up in the air. Got it. All right. So now, so this has been going for 10 years and you probably have seen a shift. I mean, I don't know, 10 years, we were really just more starting out with online dating. So you've really been on the front of the wave of all of this. And let me ask you a question. This is when you said we help them with their online dating profile and their pictures. What happens when somebody wants to post a picture that just does not fucking look like that? Or is it like from 10 years ago? Well, no, because they're taking the pictures. But, you know, how much retouching and slimming and smoothing do you allow? Because I do know so many people who say to me, I don't understand what happened. I I saw a picture of this person. I swiped right or left. Right, Bella? You swipe right. And I'm on a... You swipe right if you like them. and, And he or she walks into the bar and they're like... 15 years older and 30 pounds heavier. That doesn't seem... Is that catfishing? Is that what that is? Oh, I don't know. It's Tracy, all is that bad catfishing? News. Yeah, yeah, I would go with that. All right, so, what, so how do you regulate that, Bella, as part of the Smart Dating Academy, if you do? We do, 100%. So number one, if you're listening to this and you're not sure what to do, your photos should be no more than one year old. Yes, I, one year old, right? And some people go, well, I don't really look any different than I did two or three years ago. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Just a little bit. So, and it just, look, posting old photos or over-filtered, super cute, snap, doughy-eyed, filtered pictures, it's the first act of self-sabotage, right? And ultimately, it comes from, like, our own bad self-talk. Like, I don't look good enough, so I've got to present this scrubbed-up, glowed-up image of me. So, no, dress yourself up, zhuzh yourself up, guys, girls, men, women, and get some good photos taken. Grab a friend who has a good camera. I mean, today, cell phone cameras are amazing, or even better, hire a great photographer who does non-cheesy, amazing lifestyle photography. It's one of the things that we do really well. And then have photos taken of you that are not filtered and not Photoshopped. Okay, so now you get those up, and I know you've got packages that range from like a VIP day in Chicago to three, six, or 12-month programs. When you are what you call remote coaching, 
Is that like when I like leave the table, go into the bathroom and start texting one of your coaches like, holy shit, I don't know what to do. He said this or I don't, I mean, is that, is it that hands on? We're super hands on. We usually, what we do, we're like a teaching program, Laura. So we teach you what to do in all of these scenarios because this is, you know, matchmaking is like give a man to fish. And I believe in teaching people to fish. So we teach you about, you know, left or right on each date, what happens. And so usually our clients are able to navigate the dates, but then they have a dating scorecard that we've given them to rate their date and really rate themselves and how they showed up for the date. So we're super hands on through the process with people. I like the rating yourself. That sounds a little bit like what Tracy was talking about. And I'm assuming you do male and female. Yes. Same sex relationships too? Yep, we do. Love is love. Okay. And have you ever had two people that were both your clients date each other? Yes, of course. What put me into this crazy business were my matchmaking instincts. So if I think that two people would be good for each other, I have set people up literally between the state of Texas and Illinois. Like if I think you're going to spark, if I tell you I've got a guy for you, go out with him in five minutes. (laughs) Okay. Tell us dating plan tip number one. So here's tell us what a dating plan is. Sorry, backing up. What's a dating plan? That's a great question. So like anything big you want to do in your life, you have to start with a plan. So many of us just start out with dating like, oh, let me just put an app on and see what happens. No, really start out with the plan. Who are you looking for this time around? What worked? What didn't work? And we do analyses with our clients called the marriage map. So we really help them to figure out what what is going to make you happy and then manage across what I call three candidate pipelines. There's three major ways to meet people. One is using online dating or technology. The second pipeline is meeting people in real life. And the third is getting set up, right? So that's your dating plan. And then we help people to cleverly and strategically push on all three of those levers to start to get good candidates and make your dating life sizzly and exciting. How many dating sites do you recommend that a person join? No more than two. No more than two. No more than two. We start people off on one. And then, you know, we have a fluid strategy. Have a 30-day strategy on this. Not a 30-minute strategy, but a 30-day strategy on a site or an app. See how it goes. And then if you're doing well on it, we might add a second one if you've got the bandwidth to actually do that. But sometimes people will come in and say, oh, my God, I'm on eight different sites and apps, and I can't meet anybody. I'm like, Jesus, you're going to have dating ADHD. Like, you got, <laughs> let's slim this down. And how many people should you message in in each day, do you figure? I mean, what do you generally tell people? Look, I like data and statistics. So the long-term averages say that 90% of messages online don't get a response. That means 90%. if you send out 10, 9 aren't going to get a response. Okay. Okay, so now play with those numbers. And that's the long-term game. So I tell my clients, look, if you can message five new people a day, right, Times seven, that's 35 by the end of the week. Now, let's assume 90% don't respond. You could still be corresponding with three to four people on a weekly basis. And I want you to have a dating funnel, right? right? Especially for women. We'll see one, we're like, oh, I like him. And our nesting instincts kick in. And then we just want to shut everything in it and date that one. I'm like, no. Nope, and he start needs planning to earn the wedding. You. Right. Okay. Start planning the wedding. He needs to earn you. He needs to earn us. Back it up. Slow it down. Don't and put all your eggs in one basket, honey. Totally, right? and then, totally. But, I'm a, 
I'm a finance person by education, so I always tell, I'm like, diversify your dating assets. Right. You got to think of your dating life as a horse race, and you're the prize. Right. But you don't want to diversify too much because that's a the ADD problem, and maybe a little slutty. Maybe an STI problem. <laughs> well, we 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 tell our clients to practice. Speaking of the slutty thing, <laughs> exclusivity. Save ah. sex off until you are in an exclusive relationship. And exclusive doesn't mean, hey, I'm not dating anybody right now. That doesn't mean you're exclusive. That means he's not dating someone else until the door pops open again. It right. means I want you to be my girlfriend. You have the conversation. There's no red flags around this person. And from our metrics over the last 10 years, that's anywhere from 13 to 20 dates with the same person. 13. Okay. This sounds exhausting. Okay. Let's let's give us a few do's and don'ts of online dating. What are some of the things that are automatically like going to just shut it down? Well, I think we said don't post photos yes. that are old and don't look like you. And with your pictures, definitely dress yourself up. And then you've got to have headshots and body shots. Don't have other people in your photos. Sometimes we think, okay, I want people to think I have a life and I want you to see my kids or I want you to see my friends. No, remember, this is like your personal marketing in cyberspace. The photo should be of just you doing things you love, looking cute, whatever that is, and then five to six of them at the same time, headshots, and you got to have body shots, guys, at least head to knee. No, you can't just keep cutting yourself off at the neck. There are lids to every single pot out there, I promise you. And it's one of the things people will say most. Like, I'm not happy with my weight or how I look right now. I don't really want to post body shots. I feel self-conscious. I'm like, look around. People in happy relationships are not just size zero. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. So you've got to have great photos. And then you, make sure your profile text is really positive. We'll talk about that. Of, what does that mean? Like, I, I can imagine reading one, like, you know, and it just sounds so negative. Hate traffic. Hate people who lie. Hate <laughs> cheap people. I'm like, okay, dude, process of elimination. I get it. But still, so be positive. And what else? Be positive and give people little conversation starters. Don't just use a bunch of adjectives. I'm kind. I'm adventurous. I'm fun. Everybody says the same things. If you want to differentiate yourself, think about what I call show versus tell. How do you show that you're kind? You know, are you the person that bakes banana cupcakes for people whenever they're sick? If you're adventurous, no, I'm not have you person. climbed seven of the highest peaks? Like, think no. about what makes you so that adjective and put that in your profile. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No banana muffins for you. Yeah. I think I'm probably the guy that says they don't like traffic. Yeah. Process of elimination. <laughs> oh, my God, Bella, I probably need to call you if I have to get back out there again. For Bella's complete <laughs> guide to building the best online dating profile, visit It's Over Easy's community tab, click Insights, and search for Bella, 1L, B-E-L-A. Rejoining Bella and I now is behavioral relationship expert Tracy Crossley. I want to ask you both what your thoughts are on whether or not people are meant for long-term monogamy. I think it depends on what you believe about yourself. If you believe that you're not, then you're going to do everything in your power to not be monogamous. So it's really up to the individual in what they believe. Okay. How about you, Bella? I mean, is that that's the goal with the with the with the dating academy, right? To find the person that you're going to be with. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of ironic. I think human beings are one of the few species on Earth that are meant to pair bond, right? We're happiest when we have one committed person. Penguins. But now oh. our instincts are also to keep propagating with others to kind of continue the species. So we have to struggle with having one person that we love and cherish with the instincts of potentially being attracted to other people. Yes. And so, and is that kind of a nature versus nurture? Like has society told us, at a certain age, you find that person, you partner up, you procreate, and now you're done. You stay with that person. And now you're done. And that's where the work comes in, right? Getting married is the easy part. Keeping right. it going, it takes work, and it takes work to keep that emotional bond, which creates that physical flame. How many of your clients would you say are on second time, whether they're married or have just been in long-term relationships versus really getting out there for the first time? Boy, more than two-thirds of the Smart Dating Academy clients are out there for the second, third. I helped someone who had had four marriages, and she had her fifth, and I said to her, this, till death do you part. We've signed off 80, on this guy. Right. He's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's bananas. How about you, Tracy? Are your, most of your clients second-timers at least? Most of my clients are all over the map. Okay. In other words, I have people that are on their second time, but most of them are in between. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have been single for years. So it's a real mix of people that are single and people that are in dysfunctional relationships. How much do each of you deal with fear? I mean, how much fear is there in the people that you're dealing with and just getting past that? All of my clients. That's all. <laughs> that's why they're there. Right. Is to Because a lot of them are stuck in these patterns and they can't get out of them and they're needing somebody else to go, this is what's going on with you and this is what you need to do. And Bella, do you find the same thing? Even if maybe they don't know it's fear, they're acting out of an insecurity, but they really, it's becoming, it's coming from a place of fear? Yeah, most things that we do from a place of fear don't end up serving us well. So yeah, I mean, people have... So many like diverse fears in the dating world from fear of, will I get a second date? You know, do I know what to talk about? Am I going to choose correctly this time around? So 100% of our clients, our clients, we get a self-selecting cohort of people that hire us, but they're hiring us because they need help. And underneath that help, there's an underlying fear of doing the same thing that they've done before. Got it. So the, back to this question of monogamy, long-term, till death do us part. I want to open that up to our audience, keep this conversation going with our social on It's Over Easy. Before we go, Bella and Tracy, you guys know my day job as being a lawyer, yes? Yes. Absolutely. So I'm also, as part of that, I'm a litigator. And as such, during the discovery process of litigation, one of the tools we use to gather information in legal matters are interrogatories. So in all sphere, we twist that up for a bit of fun. But nevertheless, Bella and Tracy, do you both swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Sure, absolutely. Yes. All right. Tracy, first, which relationship in your life has had the most profound impact? I would say that my marriage right now has the most impact at the moment. In the past, my most dysfunctional relationship had the most impact. Bella, how about you? My marriage is definitely the most profoundly good thing that has happened to me. Without the husband I have, I wouldn't have been able to start this business 10 years ago. Go husbands. All right, Bella, what's your favorite love song? Okay, Don't Laugh, Endless Love. 
<laughs> I can't list them. How about you? I mean, you've dated yourself, but okay. Um, Tracy? <laughs> That's a good question that I don't really have an answer for. I can default to what it used to be, which was Layla. Yeah. I love that song. Mm. Oh, you really dated yourself. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know, right. I know. <laughs> she's, she's like, she listens to the classic station. I got it. Tracy, what's the one piece of advice you'd share with your 20-something-year-old self? To relax and slow down and not worry. It's not like there's slim pickings. It's only what you think in your head. Bella? I wish I had known this quote that I read a couple of years ago that said everything you need is right inside of you already. Nice. I like that. Okay, to both of you, starting with you, Bella, which romantic comedy could you watch on repeat? Love Actually. Love, Love Actually. Just watched it again <laughs> over the holidays. How about you, Tracy? I like the holiday. Yep. You and Kim Kardashian have that in common, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Bella, thanks for calling in to the All's Fair studio at iHeart today. Please tell people where, where they can find you online and get more info about the Smart Dating Academy. So it's easy. Just go to smartdatingacademy.com. And we also do a lot on Instagram, which is at smartdatingacademy.com. We've got a free infographic on our website right now at Smart Dating Academy called The Seven Clues You Might Be in a Relationship with a Narcissist. So for you amazing listeners, go in and you can download the guide right on our site. And Bella has her own Instagram page too, which is Bella, B-E-L-A, Gandhi, G-A-N-D-H-I. Also at Smart Dating Academy is another page for her and you can see TV appearances on YouTube slash Bella Gandhi. Yes? Yes. Yes. And Tracy, thank you so much for coming in with us in person. Where can people find you and your podcast Deal With It online and learn more about your 30-day course to healthy relationships? Everything is on my website. The course is on my website. You can find all my social media on my website and I have other programs available as well there. And her Instagram is at Tracy, no E-T-R-A-C-Y-L, Crossley, C-R-O-S-S-L-E-Y. Website is www.tracycrossley.com and blog, tracycrossley.com slash blog. Yes? Yes. Thank you guys both so much for being here. You were fantastic guests. Thank you for having us. Bye, Bella. We'll see you soon, I hope. Yes, for sure. Keep me posted. Okay. Bye, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you so much. That was awesome. They yeah. were both so knowledgeable. Yes, it was so great. I mean, I think the whole world would agree with everything they had to say, except for you bringing up <laughs> how often I need to hook up. Well, I just I just remember that when, like, I have friends that have been in, like, long marriages and they right. split up and they went on, like, you know, BumbleMatch.com and they were just constantly, like, they would take somebody, they're dudes, but they'd take somebody for dinner and then, like, basically it was, I paid I for dinner, right. you Let's blow go. me that. Yeah. I mean- I think a lot of it is like getting back out there. I don't want to say grudge fucking. It's really just that freedom fucking right. and meeting people. And well, I think it's, I it, think that the tide has turned. Yeah. I feel like maybe this is a whole different, more conscious coupling, Absolutely. politically correct, looking for the relationship. I mean, maybe that's the difference between like a Tinder and a Bumble. I don't know. I don't know enough about this, but clearly neither of them was having it they're looking for like the love they're for looking the for long, the lockdown yeah, yeah yeah but i i i really i love the conversation you and dr emily morris had about this topic i think it you know if you have been in a relationship and you break up or you get divorced 
you can imagine that you haven't been having sex a lot or there must have been problems in the relationship. So getting out there and just doing it seems to be like the first thing one should do. Well, no. According to Emily, the first thing one should do is to be doing it with yourself. Right. Yes. 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 Anyway, so we'll leave you on that note. Start touching (laughs) yourself immediately. Thank you for listening to the All's Fair podcast. Whether you're happy and single, ready to date again, or you're living contentedly with the person you've decided to cast your lot with, our relationships provide texture to the fabric of our lives. (laughs) Clearly written by Johnny. Okay. (laughs) If you like what you're hearing, click to rate at Apple Podcasts and write us a quick review so we know what you want to hear next. Thanks for joining us on All's Fair. Until next week. I'm Laura Wasser. And I'm Johnny Rains.